Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Man, I'm all right. I got to apologize for my voice this morning. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I woke up with a scratchy throat, and uh, so mm. you never know what's going Uh-oh. <laughs> I know what that means. I'm trying not to accept it. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, enough. Uh, you. What I used to you, do. You uh, ever taken emergency? Have yeah, you ever heard yeah, of that yeah. stuff? Yeah, that uh, there was another one that we we tried to as well. Um, you know, we got all these little germ factors around here, as you do, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. We used to, uh, especially when we went out of town. My wife and I would preload on that stuff. We would take yep. little tablets every day or dissolve them into the water, or whatnot. Um, and uh, what I would do extra is is take a couple of multivitamins just for that, just to try to or with that to try to help usually never helped yeah <laughs> it was one of those things I, I gotta, if we're gonna get sick we're gonna get sick and i think this is one of those times where i'm, I'm gonna get sick and there's nothing i can do oh about. man yeah i i remember when we first put our kids in in school um it was kind of a daycare slash school uh yeah. when we lived in georgia and it was really terrible for me because um every six weeks I'd get sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and they, they were bringing stuff home all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I'd, I'd catch it and I'd get sick and I'd get over it. And then maybe <clears throat> for a few weeks I'd be okay. And then I, and the only way that I broke the cycle was I was, I don't know if it's good for you or not. I, I hope it is. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I didn't die from it, but, uh, <laughs> I was pounding that stuff. Yeah. Like that, that was like my part of my routine was, you know, hitting that stuff. So, yeah. but did you die? I saw that on a t-shirt the other day, yeah. but did you die? <laughs> yeah. no, supposedly, yeah, supposedly yeah. thing with vitamins, um, as long as your body's just going to get rid of them, you know, is, is if you overdose on vitamins, yeah. you're just going to urinate it out. Yeah. But, um, I, that's probably something I don't get enough anyway, but, uh, I think right now <laughs> I, I need to double down as well. I used to do, um, when I started feeling like this, I used to, uh, slam a Red Bull with, uh, with the multivitamins and, and that never really helped either. So that may be part of my problem yeah. too, actually. So, uh, anyway, what's going on with you, man? Not a lot. I, uh, I've actually had some setbacks, uh, uh -oh. You know, they always say, they always say that, you're, you know, it's not going to go perfect all the time. So, right. um, you know, when you it, remember it, I bought, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I've been like soul searching about it, uh, because okay. whether I'm pushing myself too hard, right. Um, so you know, I've got these two partners, they're two separate partners. They're two separate entities. And, you know, um, they're basically money partners and they're bringing the money and I'm doing the deals. Okay. Right. Right. And, um, so the first one, uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's very salvageable. I think, uh, it's the duplex. If you remember, I bought it without any of my own money. Right. So I brought a private lender and then my partner's going to bring, you know, the second half of the rehab. So ran all the numbers. It's a duplex. It's not much different than the other two duplexes that I own. And, um, you know, so when we bought it, I had all the numbers ready and I thought, you know, this is going to be a very good deal. You know, I think, you know, my projected ROI was like in the high 20s, maybe close to 30. And so when we finally got into it, um, 
and this was several weeks ago, it's that's said and done, but uh, when finally got into it, the roof was in really, really bad shape. And I had my guy go over and take a look at it before I bought it. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, it needs a new roof. But I don't think we, you know, and this is what I'm really struggling with. Um, uh, you know, when you go into real estate and you want to get kind of an idea of what the rehab's going to take, um, you want to, it, it, I think it's difficult even for a contractor to look at a property and say, this is what it's going to take, you know, bottom dollar to, the to get this place rent ready. Yeah, because it, yeah. The, the property ended up having four layers of shingles on it. <laughs> Which and I don't know. Finally, maybe that's allowed in, in Indianapolis, but it's not. No. <laughs> in other, uh, two I, other states I know of. Yeah, no, I, it's, I, I guess it's allowed. I'm not sure how they prevent it or if there's, I don't know if there's any laws against it. But several of these distressed properties that I've purchased, um, they had a lot of shingles on them. And yeah. I just feel like the landlords just just kept on. And it was leaking through these four layers, right? So it just wasn't a very good shingle job to, to begin right. with. So once we finally got all of that off, and it's hard for roofers to even get an idea of how many layers there are without actually getting up on the roof before you close, right? Um, and so, you know, the guy that I work with, he's pretty good. He does a lot of roofs. And, um, you know, I think he estimated it was going to be two or three layers. But he gets up there, starts pulling off. And the final layer, the bottom layer, was a like a wood shaker mm. roof okay. um, that was all rotted and... And so then because of that was rotted and some of the, um, what do they call that? The, uh, I'm Let's drawing a plank this morning. No, I am too, but the, I know what you're talking about. The, the, basic. the, the yeah, the wood underneath the roof, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, I was going to call it a subfloor, but it's not your subfloor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, but it's, it's just know. huge sheets of plywood, right? This, that you allow yeah. you to attack your uh, roofing shingles on top of roofers yeah. are making and fun that, of us right now, but that's okay. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they, that's exactly right. It's like the, these guys on the idea what they're talking about. Um, but they had to replace that. So they got all the shingles off Decking. and then they had to, Decking, decking that's it that's decking yeah it come to so, me i just had to take a sip of coffee quite a bit of the decking had to be replaced as well and so you know my rehab guy is like okay look you know i'm only going to charge you for the extra decking because it's lumber it's it you know he had to go and yeah, get more lumber and hard cost you know pull off and, exactly so it was, I think it ended up being maybe $1,500 extra on the roof than what he had originally expected, which is not the end of the world. So I was like, okay, no problem. So now we've got a new roof on it. We've got new windows and it's painted on the outside. So, you know, it's secured from the element, right? Um, and then um, we were going to go back and go do the interior next once the, once it was secured. So he went and quoted it. And he has original walkthrough before closing. He gave me kind of a verbal guidance that it was going to be about 21,000 per side. Right. Okay. And I thought, okay, you know, plus or minus, even if it ends up being, you know, 25 per side or anything like that, I'll probably be okay. So he came back and it ended up being 32 per side. 
So wow. you multiply that off, you know, by two, ended up being 61.7. So yeah. it's a lot more than by $20,000, a lot more than what we had expected. 50%. And so again, right. uh, well, no, I was expecting it to be 40, um, 42. And so it's about 20,000 more. So yeah, 50, yeah, 50% more. Yeah, you're right. 50% more. So I always got to anyway, get somebody to check the math, especially early this early in the yeah. morning. So, <laughs> yeah. So now we're like trying to figure out, uh, you know, um, and what I'm really struggling with here is, you know, I've never had an overrun like this on any of my properties. I own four properties and I never had an overrun like this. Yeah. And here, this is the first deal that I'm doing with my partner. <laughs> and so it's like, Oh man, you know, this guy's going to think that I, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, we're, we're working through it. You know, I was very upfront and honest with my partner. Um, I even kind of agreed. I said, look, you know, um, I'm willing to bring some of my own money to this, even though, you know, our agreement was 50, 50, he's bringing the money, I'm doing the work. But, you know, I feel like, you know, when I, uh, went over on, on my estimates, you know, that I should, uh, bring some money to the table. So that's my first challenge is, you know, like I said, some soul searching, trying to figure out what I did wrong here, you know, cause failure, I really believe this, that failure is a great learning tool, right? Absolutely. We're going to make this through. We're going to find the money. We're going to get a rehab. It's going to be a great rental. We're going to make money off of it, you know? So, um, but you know, I really want to use this as a learning tool to figure out what did I did wrong, did wrong and how can I improve how I go about, you know, evaluating these properties and, and making sure that we're not 50% off on, on our estimates. So a couple of questions here. So have you really, um, you know, the decking on the roof, you know, that can happen, right? Thank God it wasn't asbestos yeah. shingles under there. Yeah, very, yeah, right. That would have been yeah. a lot more expensive. But when you do these um, estimates, do you prepare any for overages or, or no? Yeah, I usually do maybe like a 10%, right? Okay. So, you know, when I run the numbers, I'm looking to have, uh, I want to be as accurate as possible. Right. And if I've been accurate as, as I think that I can be, then when I look at the overall numbers, I want to see a 10 to 20% hedge on the ROI. Yeah. I want to say, look, you know, I know that this is like, you know, a very good ROI, but you know, I'm hedging that I'm probably going to lose some of that ROI through the yeah. process. Right. Well, that's, and in this case, yep. you know, I, I lost a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, when I analyze buying holds, I analyze it 15%. Uh, with the idea there's 3% in there that I probably didn't notice, you know? Yeah. So, because my bottom number is 12, right? So my bottom number is 12. Yeah. Uh, I analyze it 15 and so far that's worked out pretty well for me. What's the, what's the biggest difference between, because you said these, this duplex is kind of, and you said kind of similar to the other two that you have, but what yeah. drove that um, rehab deal up so much from the other two? Well, I'm going the through difference? one of the things I think, um, that is different. And, or is your contractor my, trying to take you to take you to, 
uh, to Vegas on this one. Yeah, that's yeah. I, it's crossed my mind. It, it's yeah. crossed my mind. Um, and, and that's I've the got, paranoid I, side I, of me that coming out right there. But I'm just thinking, all right, he's done two two yeah. really good for me. It's similar. Maybe this is where he makes his money up. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, he's a really good guy, and you know, I've had very good luck with him on on other properties, um, and I've never felt like he's you know taken me to cleaners. Um, so I'm trying to keep my mind clear of, of those thoughts. But I, I agree with you that when I thought about this, I thought, you know, oh, he's busy. You know, he's raising his prices. Um, you know, he's going to, you know, because now he's kind of got me, right? Um, but I, I have another rehabber that has worked with me. So I kind of have this dueling, you know. Um, the other guy's a little bit slower, um, but his, uh, I feel like the quality is a lot higher. And his prices are a little bit higher as well, but he wouldn't, you know, take the cleaners either. I think he's, he's fairly trustworthy. So now I've got him, he's going to come out and, and um, do a quote as well. And basically say, you know, what are you thinking? You know, when you look at this property, but one of the big differences is of my other duplexes um, that this is a little bit larger per side. So it's almost 2000 square foot on each side and oh, wow. it's a full three bedroom full uh, full bath uh, so it's just a little bit larger on each side um, and then if I were to say I think this place probably sat vacant for longer than the other places gotcha. so it's just I think it's probably in a little bit more of a distressed condition than some of the others right okay. and um, I'm you know what I'm chalking it up to, you know, my contractor, he, he was getting ready to go on vacation when he did the walkthrough. Mm. And I'm just wondering if, you know, it was His a very cursory. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he didn't pick up because when he, as soon as he come back, day, day one, when he came back, he spent several hours in the property marking up and, and then that's when I got the quote. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, he also may have a vacation to pay for. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the you guy. And, and you say yeah, you yeah. those thoughts out of your head, but that's yeah. Uh, again, the paranoia. Well, I'm getting a second opinion, right? And that's what I told yeah. my partner. I'm getting a second opinion. We're, we're going to take a look at it, and you know, at the end of the day, if it is what it is, it, you know, instead of it being a 24 or 25 percent ROI, it'll be 18 percent. So still not bad. But, you know, yeah. it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. So uh, other than the. Um, deflating your ROI just a little bit. How does that number affect your cash on cash return and your cash flow if you have to do it that well calculated it's, that yet? I, it's not gonna hurt the the cash flow because the cash flow is locked in at the um the mortgage or the debt service. Right. Right. But aren't so, you gonna have to go above and beyond what that is now, even if you bring it to the table? No, I don't think so. Cause okay. and I, I should bring it up cause I can, I could talk the numbers pretty quickly here uh, just to give you an idea of, uh, um, you know, the debt service, when I do a cash out refi, I'm going to do a cash out refi at a certain, you know, 75% of ARV. Right. 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 And okay. when I do I that, when I do that, I'm going to lock in 
what the cash flow is going to be because yeah. um, you know, the bank's not going to give me less or more because right. I spent more on the re but what I ended up doing is I'm only going to get a certain amount from the bank on the cash out. And so any money that I put in it above and beyond what they'll give me, that's going to adjust the cash on cash ROI. Right. 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 Okay. I'm following you now. So that's yeah. where, that's where, yeah. So here we go. Um, how many so monitors you have over there, man? You look looking like you're looking like all over the room there. You got like 15 monitors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just have two. I just have two, but I got you. The, the two that I've got are really wide. I got so, you. Yeah. Like, it's like having four. And I've noticed that my, my face is a little washed out because the monitors are so bright. So bright yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, so. I you thought know, I found somebody paler than me. That's that's what I was gonna say. Is it <laughs> actually what's funny is what's funny is me and it turns out my kids because they've been playing outside. They, you know, we don't burn that bad, wow. right? In the sun, that's about um, all we can. Do. So <laughs> that's yeah, right. And my wife's that way, right? She she doesn't ever tan. She just burns, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I've always considered myself, you know, pretty dark, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, I've got a dark complexion, but these monitors being real bright, they yeah, wash me out. They do, but um, it's so, all good. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the, the cash invested, you know, and I've already re-ran the numbers, but, you know, I think I was going to end up leaving about 15000 in the deal, mm. right? Uh, and so that was going to give me a 24 25% cash on cash ROI. But now we're up to like uh, 25000 that we're leaving in the deal. And so at that same amount, the, the cash flow ends up being on the duplex once both sides are rented, it's about $400 a month. And um, that $400 is based on a debt service uh, principal interest of a $640 payment. So, you know, we're going to cash out about 104 on the property. Gotcha. So that 104 is not going to change. The ARV, you know, if I've got that right or close. Right. Right. You know, that ARV is not going to change if I put more money into the rehab. Yeah. Yeah. So your yeah. lender, does he not have more money or he just says he doesn't want to? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. We haven't had a lot of conversations. That bridge, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had a, yeah, I had a, a very honest conversation with him. You know, I sent him the quotes and just said, Hey, you know, this is where we're at. This is, you know, uh, and uh, you know, the nice thing about this situation is, it's not like I'm going back to the well to form more money. You know, I already put up the private lender bought the property and then put up half of the rehab anyway, or it ends up being maybe a quarter of the rehab at this point. Yeah. But so he, he's still, he didn't have any money in the deal yet. Right. And so, um, he was very, uh, forgiving from that perspective. Um, that, uh, I don't know how much money he's got to put in this, but, um, you know, we haven't really had that conversation, but I did, I told him, I said, look, 50% is due to get the rehab started. Start. You know, this is what it's going to be. It's higher than what you and I talked about. And, uh, and then, like I said, I kind of put it out there that if, uh, if he wanted me to bring some cash to the deal, you know, I'd be willing to do that. So, but for him, he's just making a return. I forgot you, you did that. And so I'm glad you clarified that, but you have a private lender who bought yeah. the property. Um, and then you have a hard money guy who's funding the rehab, right? With the idea. Yeah, he's more, he's more of an equity partner. Okay. 
So okay. he's going to get a K one out of this, you okay. know, on his taxes. Um, so you know, he's excited about that, and and you know, having a a, a way to, to invest his money in, in real estate. You remember the same guy? He uh, he had a bad experience in Northern Atlanta with a, uh, okay. a townhouse or something. Okay. So um, you know, I think he's just glad somebody's managing this whole thing for him, rather yeah. than <laughs> you know, the the professional renters that he had and, and the yeah. challenges he had there. Yeah. So. But so far, I mean, he he was ready to wire the money, ready to to get things started. So um, hopefully, that's the only setback with this particular property. Gotcha. Well, good. Uh, I mean, I you know, if the numbers aren't too far off, right? I know it's uh, that from a well, I say the numbers. Not, your ROI is not too far off. Your uh, yeah. rehab expense does seem higher. Hopefully, this uh, other quote will it'll give you something competitive so you can go back to your guy and say, look, you know, yeah, just want to make sure we're, we're comparing apples and apples here. Here's a quote. Yeah. that's 30 grand, you know, um, yep. you know, <laughs> I'd love to see it come back 30 grand, but yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah. see when it comes back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, yeah. uh, since we, since we last talked, um, my other partner, completely separate, uh, but the same deal, 50-50. I do the work he does, uh, brings the money. Uh, we found a, a, a single-family property, um, another wholesaler in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, I thought the price was kind of high, but it's north of Butler University. I don't know if you know who Butler University is. I do. You're a basketball guy. Basketball yeah. school, right? Yeah. That's about yeah. the only reason yeah. I know him is through March Madness, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So Butler University in, in Indianapolis, um, I'm not sure if it's a private school or not, but anyway, it's a, it's a big school. And um, so this property is just north of there. You probably, I mean, it's got actually trails where you could ride your bike to school. Nice. So, you know, within Indianapolis, there are certain areas that are considered kind of a college town, right? Which is weird for a, a large city. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. not like Ann Arbor where the whole city is the university, but, um, so anyway, the, the rent and actually the value of the properties in this area because of Butler university is very, very good. And so when I first found this property, I was like, Oh man, this would be like a perfect college rental type of deal, right? You can get, you know, you can pull down more rent and the, you know, the homes typically have, um, and my research in this area shows that the ARVs are higher than outside of, of this college town area. Um, and so I was, I, I think probably um, a little biased when I first looked at the deal, cause I was like, I'd love to have owned some property in this area. So we got into it. Um, and this time with my partner, he's going to bring the down payment. I'm going to do hard money. So, I've worked with hard money before. I've got a hard money lender that I've had good experiences with. Um, and so I kind of started that process. Um, and so the first kind of roadblock that I ran into is it turns out it needs flood insurance. So it's in a flood zone, which probably should have known. Um, probably something that I should have. Right or, or no? No, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. I'm okay. yeah. And actually, for the first time ever, you know, I've got uh, $2,500 of earnest money down and it's out of my pocket. Um, and uh, 
for the first time ever, I'm really considering walking away. Yeah. Um, cause I didn't have a lot of, you know, this other deal, I had a lot of ROI. It, I mean, it was, I had a lot that I could give up. Um, but this one was, I think, like you said, I think it was at 15% or 17%. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get it, to hit it down and go down below that 12%, which is my criteria. Right. right. Yep. But I was evaluating it at 15 to 17%. So the first thing that hit me was this flood insurance and it actually doubled my insurance. Yeah. And really kicking myself because, you know, you go on the map and you look at it, it's right next to the white river that goes through <laughs> Indianapolis. But you I, never I, know, you know, I, you know uh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you, you don't, I mean, that's just one thing you, you have to find out, you know, when you're doing your due diligence, yeah. you, when you wrote the offer, did you put it contingent upon something that can help you get that earnest money back? No, the, mm-hmm. these, the wholesalers that I've worked with, um, it's as is, where is, and okay. you either take it or leave it. Right. There gotcha. it's, you know, um, I'd love to, to, and I think, I actually think that if it was with one of the wholesalers that I worked with, that I bought several other properties, they would be more lenient on me. But this, yeah. this was, a, this is, this whole particular wholesaler is the first time I'd ever worked with them. So, um, we'll see what happens. You know, one of the things that I thought about is, you know, Hey, if I have to walk away from this, I've got an appraisal that I paid for. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll give you the appraisal. Maybe I'll help you, you know, turn around and sell it. You know, if you could give me half my earnest money back or something like that, you know, I'm, I, I, some of those things are going through my mind, but uh, I'm waiting on the appraisal now. And I think that's probably where I'm going to pull the trigger. If the appraisal comes back like way low, I hope it doesn't, you know, like, like I said, this area, if you look at all the comps all around the area, you know, home prices have, have, uh, are very good for, you know, the square footage that this property is. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that was a, like a really big hit to the ROI. It, it took it down below 12%. And, uh, so Which is still not know, bad. Of, right. But if, if it's not into yeah. your criteria and you've analyzed it and I'm using, so my formula, right. Is that I'm going to hit, let's just in this case, 12%. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not even done yet. It's probably going to be <laughs> down to nine or 10. Then it becomes a problem. Yeah. But, you know, you got to stick to yeah. your criteria and it's, it's how, um, uh, how strict you want to be with that. Right. No, uh, it sounded yeah. like you got into this, um, due to emotions because you, you, yeah. to, to yeah. do this. uh, we're reading a book right now. It's called the behavioral investor by Daniel Crosby and the mastermind group. Uh, it talks about all those emotions. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to have yeah. a podcast uh, in a couple of weeks, but the author that is. But I highly recommend that book because it talks about, um, what was the thing? It was it was a good investor should be actually be a functional psycho, psychopath. Because <laughs> it talks yeah. about if you do, if you, uh, you basically you should have no emotions. I think is what he was talking yeah. about. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look that up, but it was, it was one of those things where, um, if you get emotions involved and how, how do you keep that from happening and make smart investing decisions? And that's what, yeah. it, that is what it was talking about. Now that I remember it was talking about 
these millionaires and billionaires who've made their money off of investing, they've made it because they have not let emotions get involved in, in their decision. Yeah. Talk it gets deep about how the brain works and all this other stuff. And then yeah. kind of closes up that chapter with successful investors are actually functional psychopaths because there's some part yeah. of them not being human. So I'm working on that. I'm not as uh, I'm not as a functional psychopath as I want to be, but I'm getting better. I'm getting better <laughs> about walking away from a deal or noticing yeah. that if I start getting emotional about it, regardless of what the numbers say, I'm probably going to walk away from it anyway. Uh, because yeah, I know if I make that first emotional decision, then it's almost like, okay, there's going to be another one come up and I'm going to justify it the same way. So I'm getting better at that, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not there. Um, and that's exactly where I'm at. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've heard that before, you know, all, all the bigger pockets podcasts and, you know, everybody says, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, plate more says it's four walls and a roof, right? Yeah. Don't get emotional about it. And, uh, you know, I, I am an emotional being. I, I, uh, and, well, you're but, Right. Um, recognizing that I've gotten emotional about it. Yeah. But now, you know, trying to convince myself, you know, you need to walk away, even if it's going to cost you money down the road, you know, all the, you know, I've got all the warning signs, all the red flags are saying, dude, yeah. this, you, you know, just stop, turn around and go back the other way. Right. So at this so, point, you're trying to convince myself to do that. Well, it sounds like you already did, right? Now you just got to have the courage to take yeah. that action because nobody likes to say, ah, I lost 2500 bucks on the deal. So it sounds like what yeah. you do next is figure out how much of that earnest money you can get back, right? Or Exactly. Back. Yeah. And that's, and that's the question you need to be asking yourself. I don't want to talk to you in a couple of weeks or whenever the next time we talk. And you say, look, man, I went ahead with that property. I know it's not going to work out, but I just couldn't let that money go. Yeah. No, it's unique. Everything is on your face and what we just talked about, you know, the emotions part of it. Yeah. You got to walk away. It's going to be the best thing. Yeah. Six months from now, you'll be thinking about that. If I stick with it, if I stick with uh, it, we'll uh, have a lot of content for your, for our audience. I'm not interested the, the rest in that. Of the year. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in you being successful. So yeah. while I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, right. Right. It's not worth it for you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes, but, yeah, uh, for right, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of soul searching on both of these properties, really looking back and saying, where did I go wrong? How can yeah. I learn from this and how can I recover and move forward? Cause this is one of those things. And, and you, you read about this all the time that, you know, the first failure somebody runs into, you lose money or, you know, a tenant trashes your place or whatever. Right. And people are like, Oh no, I, I, I can't do real estate. Oh, you know, it's, you, you'll lose all this money. And it's like, like I said, you gotta pick, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and keep moving. So. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I, it sounds like that's what you're going to do. Right. It's just, you yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be your AA counselor, but if you, uh, <laughs> if you, you know, two days from now, if you start having that setback where you're like, man, I really got to get this house, even though the flood insurance is what it is, text me. I'll talk you off that leg. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, for, yeah, I for everything that. you just said, you need to walk away from that one. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. And maybe you can assign the contract and get some of your EMD back, you know, 
maybe there's people yeah, not, that are looking not a bad idea looking for something like yeah. that and insurance you know maybe 10 percent roi or whatever it comes out to be is okay for them you know yeah uh, right or maybe right. somebody just needs well a that's another thing <laughs> yeah right that, that, and that's i'll tell you what again the emotions get a hold of me because i keep on thinking you know, it is a good tax shelter, right? I mean, it's it's uh, it's going to need a lot of rehab, and there's going to be you know a lot of deductions there. And yeah. for me, you know, personally, you know, uh, it would be great. But you know, I'm also an agent for my for my partner, and and I think that's I haven't had a yet have a conversation with my partner about it. Um, yeah. Because this is like a few days old, but uh, you know, just be straight with him and say, look, this is where the calculations are, and you yeah. know, eight percent. Eight percent's not bad, but it's below my criteria, right? Yeah. So and I think that's a fair conversation. You know, I think you need to be as transparent yeah. as you can with your partners and let them know what's up. And he may say, "Well, look, I know somebody." You know, or you never know. But I, I would say yeah. it starts with why I hear you on the tax shelter thing, right? Because I went yeah. down this this path before. Is that uh, it starts with investing based on your criteria uh i doubt right. your criteria has anything to do with tax advantages it doesn't it, okay. no. those so, are the that's the icing <laughs> so that's just like yeah. appreciation right that's the icing on the cake yeah um yeah. so i i would say that uh you need to figure out um the question now is not if you stay in it it's how do you get the most of your emd back and walk away yep. with it, right because in six, if you do exactly. that in six months from now, you'll probably forget this unless you go back and listen to this podcast or <laughs> six months from now, if you go back, if you haven't done that and you still buy it, it's going to be a much bigger headache for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll go back to listen to this podcast and be like, oh man, I should have oh taken this advice. <laughs> told me so. Yeah. <laughs> he told me. He told me. So okay. other than that, you know, everything is going very well. So, right. um, I found a, a while back, I told you that, um, I've been out looking for lenders in the local Indianapolis market to do a cash out refi. I finally have a, one of my duplexes that I, uh, did a rehab on with hard money. Um, I got it rehabbed and now I've finally got leases for both sides. Nice. Um, I've nice. got another property that I, yeah. And then I got another property that I had bought with a private lender. Didn't a lot, need a lot of work, put a tenant in it. And so I'm getting ready to do a cash out refi and, um, I found a, uh, a local bank, um, that, uh, one of the things that I really like about this bank is they don't have any limits on the number of cash out refis they'll do for me. Nice. So most, most, most lenders that I've ever worked with, they are, and I've called probably 40 banks, um, but 40? most of them, oh yeah. <laughs> most yeah. people would give I'll up show you after my five. No, it's, yeah. No, I'm too stubborn. Uh, I've got a spreadsheet of, you know, I, I basically Googled, you know, local banks in Indianapolis, right? And I went through the spreadsheet and had all the contact information and all their, uh, all the different criteria about, you know, on non-owner occupied the uh, cash outs that they'll do. Nice. And I finally ran, uh, you know, tracked one down. And they keep all of these on their books, what they call portfolio loans. They, they keep them all on their books. And uh, so no seasoning. Wow. Um, they'll do 
depending on the property and, and my qualifications, they'll do up to 80% LTV on a cash out and they'll do as many as I want. So there's, there's no limitations on, and one of the big things about doing the burr strategy that I initially ran into is the six month seasoning, right? You basically tie your money up for yeah. six months. Yeah. And if you rehab it and get it rented in three months, you're just waiting around with your money tied up in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then they'll also, they're going to do this as a package deal. So they'll take both properties and they'll, you know, assess both properties and then, you know, lend on both of them together, which is awesome. So yeah, got that underway. The only thing I would caution you there is if you ever wanted to sell one of those properties and they're both yep. on the same mortgage, you're going to have a, you're going to have to refinance. Oh, you're going to have some point. trouble breaking, breaking it apart. Right. Um, yeah. So you might want to think about that. Point. I had never considered that. There you yeah. go. It was worth the admission. Uh, right there. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just something to think about, you know, if you, I mean, if you're, yeah, you know, and, and the reason I say that is because, uh, the two properties that we have sold in the last two years, we bought them with the idea that we would have them for 27 and a half years. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> we sold them for, yeah. sold them within three years of buying them because the market, yeah, because the appreciation. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's hard to turn down 428% return. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of and I, down, so. <laughs> I'd love to be in that position. So yeah. I, I hope that it gets there, but, uh, but, but that's you, a really good point that I had not considered yet. Yeah. So um, I'll talk to the lender and see exactly how that would work. You know, are they just evaluating both or are they going to each have their own mortgage or, but yeah. yeah, I'll definitely look into that. Cool deal, man. Well, look, I got to get going here. Um, yep. Love catching up with you. Always a pleasure to talk. You got some good things coming next time I talk to you. I do not want to hear about you buying that house. You make and you make and say, "Look, man, I talked to my bud, my uh, my uh, partner. He's good with this." Yeah. Blah blah blah. I'm like, "All right, let's see what let's see what happens." Yeah. But I'm t- right I'll now let based you know. on everything you know it, that I'm hearing and seeing on your face. It it should be yeah. right. So yep. we'll see, see if we'll see if the conversation changes next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, Paul. Have a great day. Have buddy. a good one, man. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.